Chapter 22, Part 2 of A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christopher Smith. A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life by William Law. Chapter 22, Part 2. Chapter 22 recommending devotion at three o'clock called in scripture the ninth hour of the day the subject of prayer at this hour is resignation to the divine pleasure the nature and duty of conformity to the will of god in all our actions and designs the faith of abraham was an act of true piety because it stopped at no difficulties was not altered or lessened by any human appearances it first of all carried him against all show of happiness from his own kindred and country into a strange land not knowing whither he went it afterwards made him against all appearances of nature when his body was dead when he was about an hundred years old depend upon the promise of god being fully persuaded that what god had promised he was able to perform it was this same faith that against so many pleas of nature so many appearances of reason prevailed upon him to offer up isaac accounting that god was able to raise him up even from the dead hebrews eleven seventeen and nineteen now this faith is the true pattern of christian resignation to the divine pleasure you are to thank and praise god not only for things agreeable to you that have the appearance of happiness and comfort but when you are like abraham called from all appearances of comfort to be a pilgrim in a strange land to part with an only son being as fully persuaded of the divine goodness in all things that happen to you as abraham was of the divine promise when there was the least appearance of its being performed this is true christian resignation to god which requires no more to the support of it than such a plain assurance of the goodness of god as abraham had of his veracity and if you ask yourself what greater reason abraham had to depend upon the divine veracity than you have to depend upon the divine goodness you will find that none can be given you cannot therefore look upon this as an unnecessary high pitch of perfection since the want of it implies the want not of any high notions but of a plain and ordinary faith in the most certain doctrines both of natural and revealed religion thus much concerning resignation to the divine will as it signifies a thankful approbation of god's general providence it is now to be considered as it signifies a thankful acceptance of god's particular providence over us every man is to consider himself as a particular object of god's providence under the same care and protection of god as if the world had been made for him alone it is not by chance that any man is born at such a time of such parents and in such a place and condition it is as certain that every soul comes into the body at such a time and in such circumstances by the express designment of god according to some purposes of his will and for some particular ends this is as certain as that it is by the expressed designment of god that some beings are angels and others are men it is as much by the counsel and eternal purpose of god that you should be born in your particular state and that isaac should be the son of abraham as that gabriel should be an angel and isaac a man 
the scriptures assure us that it was by divine appointment that our blessed saviour was born at bethlehem and at such a time now although it was owing to the dignity of his person and the great importance of his birth that thus much of the divine counsel was declared to the world concerning the time and manner of it yet we are as sure from the same scriptures that the time and manner of every man's coming into the world is according to some eternal purposes and direction of divine providence and in such a time and place and circumstances as are directed and governed by god for particular ends of his wisdom and goodness this we are as certain of from plain revelation as we can be of anything for if we are told that not a sparrow falleth to the ground without a heavenly father can anything more strongly teach us that much greater beings such as human souls come not into the world without the care and direction of our heavenly father if it is said the very hairs of your head are all numbered is it not to teach us that nothing not the smallest things imaginable happen to us by chance but if the smallest things we can conceive are declared to be under the divine direction need we or can we be more plainly taught that the greatest things of life such as the manner of our coming into the world our parents the time and other circumstances of our birth and condition are all according to the eternal purposes direction and appointment of divine providence when the disciples put this question to our blessed lord concerning the blind man saying master who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind he that was the eternal wisdom of god made this answer neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of god should be made manifest in him john nine two and three plainly declaring that the particular circumstances of every man's birth the body that he receives and the condition and state of life into which he is born are appointed by a secret providence which directs all things to their particular times and seasons and manner of existence that the wisdom and works of god may be made manifest in them all as therefore it is thus certain that we are what we are as to birth time and condition of entering into the world since all that is particular in our state is the effect of god's particular providence over us and intended for some particular ends both of his glory and our own happiness we are by the greatest obligations of gratitude called upon to conform and resign our will to the will of god in all these respects thankfully approving and accepting everything that is particular in our state praising and glorifying his name for our birth of such parents and in such circumstances of state and condition being fully assured that it was for some reasons of infinite wisdom and goodness that we were so born into such particular states of life if the man above mentioned was born blind that the works of god might be manifested in him had he not great reason to praise god for appointing him in such a particular manner to be the instrument of his glory and if one person is born here and another there if one falls amongst riches and another into poverty if one receives his flesh and blood from these parents and another from those for as particular ends as the man was born blind have not all people the greatest reason to bless god and to be thankful for their particular state and condition because all that is particular in it is as directly intended for the glory of god and their own good as the particular blindness of that man who was so born that the works of god might be manifested in him 
how noble an idea does this give us of the divine omniscience presiding over the whole world and governing such a long chain and combination of seeming accidents and chances to the common and particular advantage of all beings so that all persons in such a wonderful variety of causes accidents and events should all fall into such particular states as were foreseen and foreordained to their best advantage and so as to be most serviceable to the wise and glorious ends of god's government of all the world had you been anything else than what you are you had all things considered been less wisely provided for than you are now you had wanted some circumstances and conditions that are best fitted to make you happy yourself and serviceable to the glory of god could you see all that which god sees all that happy chain of causes and motives which are to move and invite you to a right course of life you would see something to make you like that state you are in as fitter for you than any other but as you cannot see this so it is here that your christian faith and trust in god is to exercise itself and render you as grateful and thankful for the happiness of your state as if you saw everything that contributes to it with your own eyes but now if this is the case of every man in the world thus blessed with some particular state that is most convenient for him how reasonable it is for every man to will that which god has already willed for him and by a pious faith and trust in the divine goodness thankfully to adore and magnify that wise providence which he is sure has made the best choice for him of those things which he could not choose for himself every uneasiness at our own state is founded upon comparing it with that of other people which is full as unreasonable as if a man in a dropsy should be angry at those that prescribe different things to him from those which are prescribed to people in health for all the different states of life are like the different states of diseases what is a remedy to one man in his state may be poison to another so that to murmur because you are not as some others are is as if a man in one disease should murmur that he is not treated like him that is in another whereas if he was to have his will he would be killed by that which will prove the cure of another it is just thus in the various conditions of life if you give yourself up to uneasiness or complain at anything in your state you may for aught you know be so ungrateful to god as to murmur at that very thing which is to prove the cause of your salvation had you it in your power to get that which you think is so grievous to want it might perhaps be that very thing which of all others would most expose you to eternal damnation so that whether we consider the infinite goodness of god that cannot choose amiss for us or our own great ignorance of what is most advantageous to us there can be nothing so reasonable and pious as to have no will but that of god's and to desire nothing for ourselves in our persons our state and condition but that which the good providence of god appoints us farther as the good providence of god thus introduces us into the world into such states and conditions of life as are most convenient for us so the same unerring wisdom orders all events and changes in the whole course of our lives in such a manner as to render them the fittest means to exercise and improve our virtue nothing hurts us nothing destroys us but the ill use of that liberty with which god has entrusted us we are as sure that nothing happens to us by chance as that the world itself was not made by chance 
we are as certain that all things happen and work together for our good as that god is goodness itself so that a man has as much reason to will everything that happens to him because god wills it as to think that is wisest which is directed by infinite wisdom this is not cheating or soothing ourselves into any false content or imaginary happiness but is a satisfaction grounded upon as great a certainty as the being and attributes of god for if we are right in believing god to act over us with infinite wisdom and goodness we cannot carry our notions of conformity and resignation to the divine will too high nor can we ever be deceived by thinking that to be best for us which god has brought upon us for the providence of god is not more concerned in the government of night and day and the variety of seasons than in the common course of events that seem most to depend upon the mere wills of men so that it is as strictly right to look upon all worldly accidents and changes all the various turns and alternations in your own life to be as truly the effects of divine providence as the rising and setting of the sun or the alternations of the seasons of the year as you are therefore always to adore the wisdom of god in the direction of these things so it is the same reasonable duty always to magnify god as an equal director of everything that happens to you in the course of your own life this holy resignation and conformity of your will to the will of god being so much the true state of piety i hope you will think it proper to make this hour of prayer a constant season of applying to god for so great a gift that by thus constantly praying for it your heart may be habitually disposed towards it and always in a state of readiness to look at everything as god's and to consider him in everything that so everything that befalls you may be received in the spirit of piety and made a means of exercising some virtue there is nothing that so powerfully governs the heart that so strongly excites us to wise and reasonable actions as a true sense of god's presence but as we cannot see or apprehend the essence of god so nothing will so constantly keep us under a lively sense of the presence of god as this holy resignation which attributes everything to him and receives everything as from him could we see a miracle from god how would our thoughts be affected with an holy awe and veneration of his presence but if we consider everything as god's doing either by order or permission we shall then be affected with common things as they would be who saw a miracle for there is nothing to affect you in a miracle but as it is the action of god and bespeaks his presence so when you consider god as acting in all things and all events then all things will become venerable to you like miracles and fill you with the same awful sentiments of the divine presence now you must not reserve the exercise of this pious temper to any particular times or occasions or fancy how resigned you will be to god if such or such trials should happen for this is amusing yourself with the notion or idea of resignation instead of the virtue itself do not therefore please yourself with thinking how piously you would act and submit to god in a plague or famine or persecution but be intent upon the perfection of the present day and be assured that the best way of showing a true zeal is to make little things the occasions of great piety 
begin therefore in the smallest matters and most ordinary occasions and accustom your mind to the daily exercise of this pious temper in the lowest occurrences of life and when a contempt an affront a little injury loss or disappointment or the smallest events of every day continually raise your mind to god in proper acts of resignation then you may justly hope that you shall be numbered amongst those that are resigned and thankful to God in the greatest trials and afflictions. End of chapter 22, part 2